Hello and welcome to the Global Voices podcast, your weekly dose of global news and local voices. I'm your host Amiya, speaking from Delhi, India. Each week, insiders from our community share what news matters more in their communities and how they build stories out of the local context. Joining now is uh, Nanjala Nyabola, the director of our Advox group. Hi, Nanjala. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Maya. How's it going? It's good. What's it like where you are? Um, the weather is great. The politics terrible. Etc. Etc. Nanjala is joining us from Nairobi in Kenya right now. Okay, let's jump right into this. Yeah. This week, uh, Advox put out uh, this lovely project called the Unfreedom Monitor. So can you tell us about Unfreedom Monitor? What, what's the project about? Why did you pick the name? And anything else you think would be interesting? Well, the Unfreedom Monitor is a project it's, that works on two levels. On one level, we are trying to develop an approach, all right, a methodology, a system for understanding and analyzing digital authoritarianism all over the world. We want an approach that can be rolled out across multiple geographical political contexts and that has a predicting power within it, but also just has a, a deepens our understanding of digital authoritarianism beyond outputs and outcomes into the contextual issues and like what goes into making a situation that might result in the rise of authoritarianism. But then on, on, a, on the second level, it is really an analysis of this uh, 11 countries, uh, this first phase at least, looking at these 11 countries and these uh, thematic issues and broadening our understanding of digital authoritarianism, of network authoritarianism, and trying to connect the dots across geographies, as I said before, because we are trying to tell a global story about the future of tech and the politics of, of technology. So you say digital authoritarianism and network, networked authoritarianism. Could you explain these terms a bit? So we're basically looking at the intersection between technology and authoritarianism. And networked authoritarianism is a term that was developed by Rebecca McKinnon when she was thinking about the, the rise of Chinese internet, right? And how um, very early on in the days of mass internet use, China went to great lengths to um, develop a controllable, I would say, version of the internet. And so rather than permitting this open free access that the rest of us are allowed, uh, are accustomed to, from the very early stages, you had this approach where there would be some content that was allowed and some content that wasn't allowed. And this really um, top-down efforts to control what the internet could look like and also which spaces the internet could project itself into. Um, with digital authoritarianism, we're kind of opening that up a little bit more. We're not just looking at China and we're not just looking at specific political contexts, but we're looking more broadly at the phenomenon and how it looks, uh, as I said, across multiple geographies and multiple political contexts. And we have digital in the term, but we're not just looking at, at the internet, we're also looking at press freedom, and we're looking at freedom of expression um, and freedom of speech and other kinds of rights and, and freedoms that pertain to political speech, because the underlying argument is that um, information is the cornerstone of governance. And in this modern era, we get our information from both digital means, the internet anal and, and analog means, newspapers um, and uh, radio and television, etc. And so with digital authoritarianism, we're kind of just looking at how 
all of these things come together with the internet as a mediating um, entity. And so it's not just, for example, what people are seeing on social media, but we're also thinking about how journalists who are maybe even writing in newspapers might be targeted using internet um, based technologies for that work as an effort to curb their freedom of expression. And so we are just like trying to open up the space of analysis a little bit more to look at how all of these things get mediated or refracted through um, the internet and, and the digital technologies. Okay, that's fascinating. Uh, and when you say thematic issues, uh, what could those be? I mean, I imagine one of those would be something like freedom of speech, is that right? So what we did actually is we created four large buckets for the thematic issues because there's so many, so many things that happen on a day-to-day -day basis, hacking, surveillance, um, uh, you know, internet shutdowns, throt throttling and everything. So instead of, of looking at all of them separately, we started, we took a step back and started to think about what is the intent behind all of these various access, all of these various um, things, and then group that intent into four large buckets. And so the four large buckets are access, data governance, speech, and information. So when we're thinking about information, for example, we're thinking about how controlling the information that people are able to receive about the political process um, can enable um, uh, authoritarianism, authoritarian ends. And so we look at misinformation, disinformation, coordinated inauthentic behavior, all of that. The thing that unites them is this intent to control the quality and the quantity of information that people receive. When we think about data governance, for example, we think about how people, how legislation especially, but also other aspects of governance can be used to um, basically control the flow of data, like the, the, the way that the internet actually runs. Um, and so we think about things like privacy, things like surveillance, things like hacking, all of that is really falling under the, the scope of actually using power or power actually interfering um, with the way in which data that's generated in our day-to-day -day lives is actually governed and is actually able to be uh, processed and handled in a way that is respectful of our rights. Um, the third one is access. And access is, again, about interfering with the flow of information, but interfering with the infrastructure that delivers internet content and digital content with the intent, again, of, of advancing authoritarian ideals. And so here we're thinking about shutdowns, uh, social media shutdowns, internet shutdowns, bandwidth throttling, all of these things that interfere with the infrastructure with the intent of you know, shaping our public conversations. And finally, we have, um, what have I said? I've said information, I've said access, I've said data government, speech. Um, yeah. And speech is really looking at the endpoints, right? So all of this other stuff, with data governments, you're looking at inputs. With access, you're looking at the infrastructure. With uh, information, you're again looking at that communication end to end from the person who makes the information to the person who receives it. And speech is really at the end point. It's at the point of the person who is receiving the political information or the person who's generating the information. And so we're looking at things like um, rules about freedom of expression, freedom of opinion, freedom of um, even association. And it's really about preventing the ability to both generate and to receive speech. So one last question. Uh, so far, one in the countries that uh, we've looked at, 
is this digital authoritarianism something you only see in you know uh, countries that are already authoritarian um is there is there like that kind of a divide well this is this is again the reason why we framed our analysis in the way that we do we did because the underlying argument is basically that authoritarianism is not about uh, uh good guys versus bad guys so every government in the world every government in the world should be conscious of the kind of trends that might lead to specific outcomes so our main argument is basically that it's not just you know certain governments that have been antagonistic towards for example western governments it's not about it's about something deeper structurally that happens to that that all governments are vulnerable to and also the really important piece that we argument that we're making is that um many of the technologies that make this kind of authoritarianism possible are built in countries that are nominally democratic right that we wouldn't consider to be the bad guys quote unquote so there is also something to be said for how countries enable digital authoritarianism in other world kind of ends up biting them in the butt um eventually that is fascinating okay um i think that's that's about all we have time for now uh thanks manjala for making the time thank you the unfreedom monitor briefing report is available for download on the advox website which is uh, advox.globalvoices.org we're also publishing a series of articles written by our researchers about the various aspects of their research they've been doing for advox during the pro- during the course of the project so you can keep an eye out on the global voices website and the advox website for this You've been listening to the Global Voices podcast, your weekly dose of global news and local voices. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends about us. Global Voices is an international multilingual, primarily volunteer community of writers, translators, academics and human rights activists. A multilingual newsroom team reports on people whose voices and experiences are rarely seen in mainstream media. To find out more, go to globalvoices.org. You can follow us on Twitter at Global Voices. The music in this podcast is from the track Voyage by Nick Martin from our extended Global Voices community.